Welcome to our Kapiti GAY Kapiti Gay program on Coast Access Radio. For this episode, we repeat a program from November 2018 talking about the story of transformation from a transgender and appearance perspective. My name is Tony Reed. Welcome to GAY, a radio program for LGBTI people and their friends on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM, Radio Southland 96.4 FM, Access Radio Taranaki at 104.4 FM and Plains FM Christchurch 96.9 FM. Today I have a rather unusual double interview. I'm interviewing a young transgender man called Lucas Zayner. And I am also interviewing his father, Todd, who I know through the Coast Access Radio. But we'll start off with Lucas. Welcome, Lucas, to Capity Gay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, um, uh, perhaps you'd like to give us your story. My story. Your own words. <laughs> yes. So I was born biologically female, and like on my birth certificate, I was assigned female at birth. And around the age that children sort of become self-aware so around four or five which is also when i became self-aware and i recognized something doesn't doesn't quite fit something's not quite right but also being around this age you're sort of not really aware of what this is and of course around that age i i feel i identified more as male anyway there are even times i called myself a boy and the the identity of female was just non-existent um, to me, even though on the outside people were calling me she and her, and I couldn't understand why, because I knew that on I'm, the inside I'm not a yeah. she or her, even at, at this age. As I got a bit older, I sort of started to recognise that I outwardly appeared as female, yet all my male peers sort of traditionally appeared male. And I was very confused as to why I didn't traditionally look male and I was looking female, yet being a male. And this sort of developed more in the sense that I cut my hair short because that's what males do and that's what felt right. I wore male clothes because that's what males do and it felt right. And as biological females do as they go through puberty, their bodies change and things developed. Mm. And I questioned why this is happening to me. Why is my body developing as a, as a female and not as a male? Because I am a male. And I think about the age of maybe 10 or 11 is where I first really understood the definitions of things like transgender and gender identity. And I began to explore a bit more about what that could mean and how I felt I identified with this myself. And I, 
at first I sort of expressed in a gender expression way in the sense that maybe I'm just a female who likes wearing male clothes and I don't traditionally fit the standard of what, you know, females traditionally wear, you know, where ex- females are expected to wear makeup and like dresses. And I didn't like that. So maybe that's, maybe that I could fit under that. But that, even that wasn't right because I did like makeup and I did like sewing and I did like dancing. So under that, I did like some things that could be considered traditionally female, although I still identified as male. So this whole gender expression didn't feel appropriate for me. And I began sort of exploring more as to what transgender is and different umbrella strands of this word. And a lot of it began to make sense. And a lot of it was merely just, I am a male, my body just developed in a different way, and I'm just correcting it. And here I am at 23 years old, full-time passing as male, identifying as male, feeling like a male. Mm. That's more or less it. <laughs> so, so when did you actually start the medical process of transitioning? Because you, you would have the, you'd have the hormone treatment first, yes. wouldn't you? Testosterone. That's so, the first part. Yeah. So medically, well, I'll, I'll begin with saying socially, I socially began presenting as male when I was about 10 or 11 years old. And by socially, I mean dressing as male, identifying as male, presenting as male before any medical treatment. Um, I first began hormone replacement therapy at 16 years old. Which is the minimum age? Uh, minimum age, isn't it? You can you can legally do it. I can't remember. I'm not quite sure. You you can begin the process younger yeah. with parental consent. Yes, with hormone blockers. Yes. Um, although I will point out that yes. everything yes. transgender related medically is overseen by professionals in New Zealand. We have yes. a lot of yes. safety and yeah. yeah. Um, it's yeah. <laughs> I'm yes. trying to word that. Yes, but, indeed. Yeah, it's it's a very particular and safe process, yeah. Yeah. or the medical professionals try and make it as safe as possible. Yes. Um, and until they change the law, which mm. they are planning to do, you can only change your birth certificate going uh, at present, uh, going through a sort of uh, a I, medical or, and, and legal process. I believe so. I believe it's yes. if you can sort of prove to the judge yes. that you've done yes. something in relation to medical transition that is irreversible, yes. you will yes. be granted with a yes, certificate indeed. of your identified gender. Uh, but that is they are the process of changing the law to self-identification, which you can already do on your passport and your driving license, yes. can't you? Yes. yes. So you started with the hormones, but I gather you have gone further than You've gone further than that, yes. than that medically. Yes, I have. So I have had two um, surgeries. One of them is called a bilateral mastectomy, yeah. which is the removal of my chest to create a masculine flat chest, yes. essentially. And the other one is a hysterectomy, a total hysterectomy. 
which is fairly, uh, which in itself is fairly radical. There's, yes, there's yes. been, there's, I think there's even a case where there's a transgender couple, a transgender man and a transgender woman in the United States, of course, where the man has not had the hysterectomy, so they got married and the and 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 the husband got pregnant. Yes. Which is, which is a wonderful, I think, shows how yes. fluid gender can end yes. up being. Mm. But uh, as we were talking before the programme, what's known as bottom surgery um, for, uh, for transgender men is rather outside anybody's, in, in most people's reach in New Zealand. Yes, because it's yes. Only, it's very expensive and not available here anyway. Yes, there, there used to be... Um, a thing in New Zealand, actually it might even still exist, um, called the high cost treatment pool, yeah. which you could apply to yeah. have the surgery, um, overseen by New yeah. Zealand and New Zealand professionals while receiving the yeah. surgery overseas. Yes. Um, yes. I yeah. think they're, go- I think they're going to do that with the more frequent, uh, female, uh, uh, surgery for, for transgender w- women. Yes. Where there's a 60 year waiting list. Yes. To clear, isn't, <laughs> yes. isn't there? Yes. yes. Um, another interesting thing that we were talking about earlier is you say you've always been attracted to men. Yes. Um, uh, that officially, I suppose, would have made you heterosexual and now made you gay. But from what you say about your identity, about your very, young age that you identified as a man you would therefore say that you've always really been gay yes so i've i've always been attracted to men yeah um and that hasn't changed um yeah after transition um that so the the important thing of that is because that that comes up a lot with a lot of discussions is that gender and sexuality are two completely different things, yes, and a lot right. of people sort of struggle to yeah. to separate it. And it's it's the same that before I began medical transition, my favourite colour was red. Just yes. like after I went yeah. through with some medical transition procedures, my favourite colour is still red. Yes, I'm indeed. still attracted to men. Uh, that does appear to, to to be the to be the norm that transgender mm. people don't sort of. Uh, well, their sexuality appears to change because they they go from being heterosexual to gay or vice versa. Mm. But in fact, they're, they're, it 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 hasn't changed. Mm. Uh, that is that is separate from their from their gender identity. Yeah. So the yes. the people who I'm attracted mm. to hasn't changed. Yes. Just the terminology around it. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, I think it might be time to bring in uh, uh, to bring in Todd now. How aware were you when Lucas was a lot younger of of what was going on and 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 how he and how he was feeling? Probably not quite as aware as he was from an early age. There was an awareness, I guess, that Lucas, growing up as a girl, was I guess a tomboy in a sense, yeah. and identified somewhat. And probably uh, one of his best friends was a male, Alex, mm. essentially. As a guy, we thought nothing of it in the sense, again, of just a a nice guy, friendly guy, one of the family sort of thing, but maybe more identifiable um, that way as, as being the tomboy scenario from someone of an age, say, less than 10. Um, you would sort of expect as a girl growing up to have more girl friends as opposed to more yes. male friends. Yes. But to me, it, it didn't particularly make any difference. It didn't matter. As I say, 
he was sort of one of the family, wasn't he? Hmm. Just he, he was still there. is. <laughs> yeah, still is. Happy to walk in, happy to go into my fridge and eat whatever's in there. And, yeah, that's, and, and that's fine. Yeah. That works really well. So, yeah, probably not quite from as early an age as Lucas discovered himself that way. But you must have uh, become aware later, especially especially when he, by the time he got to sixteen, and was oh absolutely, was beginning to act, absolutely. Uh, there act, were there were other issues which it. we won't necessarily go into right. with family, and um, ended up in a sense that helped in a way splitting the family up, which good, bad, or otherwise was just a fact um, as a catalyst, possibly. And uh, Lucas was a very independent person from the ages of you know, 10, 11, 12, and so on. Five different high schools, I think, in about uh, two years? Officially six. Oh, officially six. Officially six. Okay. <laughs> and that was identifying as female because Lucas initially went to Solway College, Masterton, um, as an all-female school. Goodness. And as well as that, from the age of essentially age 15, decided that school wasn't his thing for various reasons, academically, uh, mentally, physically, and a few other reasons. So at age 15, essentially, Lucas took off to to Auckland to discover himself um, on his own. Well, before that, you were essentially with... In Karori as well, weren't you? Yes, yeah, I was. I was living in Karori for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the family situation was such that you couldn't be with us for various reasons, hmm. or maybe one of us. But again, that's all part of the growing up um, philosophy of yeah. what happened, going through the change yeah. and so on. Um, it's not something that a parent necessarily is prepared for or expects. Um, you want your little girl or little boy to be the perfect angel, the straight-A student and so on, and never get into any trouble, yes, those yes. sorts of things. Um, wasn't the easiest to, to deal with as a parent, but I, well, let's put it this way. Out of the two parents, I suspect I adapted a little better than the other. Well, out of the two parents, you're the one here, so... <laughs> <laughs> that maybe says a, a bit, absolutely. So, yeah, um, yeah. You know, and adapting and adjusting uh, accordingly. There wasn't a lot to adjust in the sense that Lucas was out of the house from yes. basically age 15, I guess, and even before that, um, boarding school and boarding in Levin for a short period of time, hmm. for example, so... Um, you were uh, growing up and maturing very quickly um, without necessarily the parental support, but I suspect you didn't want or need it. So when such. the physical transition started, it didn't come as a great shock or surprise? Not to me, it didn't. No, no. no. Okay. It, was, it was the expectation. The things yeah. like the, yeah. the, the facial hair, for example, and the removal of breasts and what have yeah. you, yeah. that's something completely and utterly expected. And I think the, for me anyway, in my eyes, the transition um, is an amazing achievement because when people look at Lucas, yeah. they see a young man, really. You know, there's yes, other people at Coast Access Radio says, oh, when you meet him, you, you wouldn't know. Um, and I've found that the younger people are able to transition 
the the more convincing, the easier, uh, the easier it is. The, the the past problem has been that people haven't been able to transition until middle age, often by mm. which time they're so established, uh, often often with children uh, of their own, um, either as a father or a mother, mm. uh, that that uh, that transitioning. Well, sadly, he can grow a bit of. Beard, bit of facial hair than me. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I don't know where that yes. comes from. Mm. But I mean, until relatively recently, I had never met a transgender man, and I'd met loads and loads of transgender women. It wasn't that I didn't, I wasn't very aware of transgender issues. But, mm. but it's interesting. The only ones I've really met are younger ones. That uh, um, I suspect that um, that. Although there are interesting historical cases, aren't there, of women passing as men for many, many years mm. without being able to uh, to go uh, to go through the underlying, I guess, yeah. for me, um, <clears throat> yes, we had a bit of counselling and so on, yes. and children and young persons mm. got involved, and police and all that sort of scenario to an extent. The one underlying undermining phrase I suppose was unconditional love and I guess the end of the day that's what I decided was convincing to me that Mm. you give unconditional love and support you may have different views and opinions and so on and it splits friends and family to a certain extent but at the end of the day still my flesh and blood and for some reason, um, you still have my name of Zayna. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it was quite interesting because I um, <clears throat> so I was twelve years old when I did cut my hair very short and quite masculine, and that was at at Solway College at the all girls Presbyterian boarding school. Goodness, and while one parent was so adamant that this this cannot happen, um, that was probably just as long as I'm happy and if that's what I want to do. And yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. was, I guess, seen as yeah. not necessarily putting my foot down as a parent and just letting you do as you please mm. scenario. But in saying that, again, people seem to mature more quickly. You had made your decisions um, and so on, <laughs> and you were fairly forthright in doing that. And, yeah, it was as long as you're happy and you were safe. You know, the one thing that you, you know, the side issue, the one thing you weren't necessarily doing was drugs or alcohol or anything like that. You seem to avoid all that. It just, it had never been any sort of interest. And I also think that's because I, especially being so young and discovering this community, you can see how um, those sorts of things can become a a crutch for people discovering themselves. And I feel because I was able to see... That that yeah. sort of going on, I I strayed away for it from it, and I've yeah. also just had no interest. I mean, I don't yeah. I don't drink. I just I don't like the taste. Yeah. Drugs have never been a th- a thing I want to no. try or smoking or anything smoking. Like that. No, yeah. it's just yeah. never been never yeah. been for me. See, that was in the family, and I was never a smoker. Mm. I'm not saying you followed my footsteps perfectly yes. in that sense, but you know you saw it as being something that was. Yes. Bad and not for me. Yes, not I, nice. Hmm. No, I'm reminded. I, I, I was I was saying to you before that you know when I was young a long while ago, uh, the, uh, um, the uh, um, it was the most liberal parent 
and my mother confirmed this when I spoke to her on the phone only this morning, uh, that the most liberal supporting parent had, had thought of everything except for the fact that their, that their child might be gay. And uh, I, my mother was the first person I told because I never had any doubt. It took a bit longer with my father, but he was very much of the I don't understand this but con- unconditional love um, stuff. So, uh, uh, and uh, I often think, you know, you know, if you have a child who's transgender, it must be like that, but, but considerably more because there is, there is so much more. It's obvious. I mean, you can you can you can be a gay you can be a gay child and sort of and pass. And if you don't mention it, and some uh, and if you don't mention it, people don't know. But I mean, Lucas, presumably uh, anybody who who knew Lucas when he was younger would notice a difference, mm, especially with yeah. um, you know my my dad um, and his job. You know, he's out yes. in the community. A lot of yes. people know who he is. Yes. Indeed. So in in that respect, it was a bit. Difficult to to keep it yeah. secret, I suppose. Would be. Yeah, the gay scenario never really came into it, as far as I was concerned. Again, it's that old: if you're happy, then that's yeah, yeah. that's fine. It's a little unusual to sometimes explain the situation that yes, you have a transgender child, and then all of a sudden is now a gay transgender child, which mm. is fine. It's no worries to me. And, you know, more broadly, my circle of friends who uh, often than not come around Friday night or Saturday night watching the rugby, the boys would come and watch the rugby. Stereotypical blokey sort of... Yeah, Yeah. you sort of grew up with that for for years and years. They seem to all completely accept it. There was absolutely no problem Mm. with them, and they still talk with you and treat you the same as they did, you know, 15 years ago, probably. Yeah. one thing I did want to ask was how you fit into the gay scene, how how you fit in with other gay men, given the fact that I know a lot of, especially older gay men perhaps, are penis-obsessed. Yes. Um, that must uh, cause... Oh, it, Does it cause some difficulties? It or does. Or is it just something that gets ignored? Oh, it, 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 it definitely does. Um, uh, for example, I, I was in a relationship for about three years with someone who knew me before I transitioned oh. and transitioning and after I transitioned. Yes, which is um, easy. And yes. when, when this relationship ended and I began to grow very lonely, not having a relationship, mm. and I thought, okay, this is, this is going to be interesting because I've, I've never been in the scenario of actually dating as someone who is at sort of this stage of transition, you know, I've, I've had surgery, I've been on hormones. Yeah. Um, so I, a, a lot of other transgender people, um, choose to keep it quiet until they get to know someone. Um, I chose to get it out of the way very quickly. Yeah. Um, in the sense that I would tell people and I figured, why would I get to know someone who would have a, you know, negative reaction to finding out that I was trans when they can tell me up front and then I don't have to deal with them again. You yes. know? I don't yes. have to yes. pursue someone who in yes. in the end just doesn't, you know, it's, it's, it's an issue for them. Um, a lot of the time there has been a great deal of respect in the sense that there are a lot of men out there who don't see it as an issue. Um, and I, I've, 
talk to other gay men in the sense that they don't see it as an issue because they can recognise that there's so many different kinds of bodies and shapes and personalities out there. Yes. You know, they they would happily be with someone if they have the greatest personality and they could have the tiniest penis, for example. You know, it, um, all sorts of these things yes. come into account. Um, I am, in fact, in a relationship with a cisgendered man at the moment and we've been together for three years now oh. and he is openly attracted to men and yeah. had not once has he ever seen it as any problem that is a that is refreshing yeah because i talked to i talk some of the gay men i talked to as i say they're probably because they're mm. older yes um and 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 weren't weren't brought up with the LGBT um, <laughs> uh, 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 letters uh, to the same uh, to the same degree. Mm. Uh, found it very difficult to even talk to lesbians, let alone. <laughs> uh, uh, but but certainly certainly there it, it does seem an issue. Uh, mm. um, See, from my point of view, Lucas just wanted to be a male. Essentially, was it was a born a female trapped in a male's body i guess or the other way around trapped in a female's body wanting to be just an ordinary guy um the gay side of things didn't necessarily come into it didn't even think about it and as being a gay male you're not necessarily one wanting to be flamboyant about it at all you just want to be a guy who likes guys? Hmm. Just a just a bloke. The only unfortunate thing that I see is you're only five foot two. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm six foot one. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm I'm taller than my sister and my mother, so the second tallest in the family. That's yes. right. Isn't that bad? I <laughs> didn't. I didn't immediately say goodness. He goodness. He's short. <laughs> uh, but again, people come in come in different shapes and sizes. Hmm. Um. I was actually wondering if you, when you were when you were talking about the relations, whether you have you read the Armistead Mopin series, Tales of the City. No, I have not. Ah, well, uh, <laughs> it's a it's a famous um, it, um, it's a famous series of of novels based in San Francisco that was also made into a television series a number a number of years ago or part of it, mm. and uh, the uh, uh, and. Um, uh, uh, it started back in the seventies, and you know, gay characters were introduced. All the issues of AIDS were introduced. Mm. Then it turned out that the leading figure was, in fact, a transgender woman. But the, um, but later in the in the more recent books in the series, a young transgender man has come along, um, and lots of the issues um, of relationship of of his relationships and things get discussed. I would, I would recommend that you oh, that, right. that you that you search those books out. Oh, cool! From the yeah, from the library or yeah. wherever. Uh, well, we've virtually filled the half hour. I think we have. Yes. Yeah. So just like, I just want to add one little yes. thing, I suppose. On my side of the family, because I'm an only child, we there's no real family apart from Lucas and Lucas's older sister, and there's a grandchild in the family. That's it. The other Zainas are all overseas. Now they haven't necessarily been brought up with someone who was either A, gay, or B, transgender yeah. on their side of the family. So they all say they're perfectly happy with it and so on, but you sort of get a feeling, are they a little apprehensive and mm. so on? They don't really know you yes. as such because just no. of the distance side mm. of things. And 
I think they would, you know, 99% sure they'd welcome you with open arms. I don't think there'd be any problem yes. whatsoever because they've seen how I've, I guess, adjusted and yes, adapted indeed. accordingly. So if they don't like it, that's their tough luck. Hmm. Fair yeah. comment? Yeah, Fair yes, comment. indeed. Okay. Well, on that note, um, I think it's a, a good note to end. And thank, for, thank you very much to both of you. Uh, this, is, this was really something I wanted to seize upon because I haven't had the, opportu- the opportunity to, <laughs> to interview um, a father and child in, in this way before. And I think it will be very interesting to a lot of our listeners. So thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Tony. You can hear this programme again next Tuesday at 9pm or Thursday at 5pm. It is also available on our website at www.coastaccessradio.org.nz or just Google Coast Access Radio. This is Tony Reid for GIY on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM, Radio Southland 96.4 FM, Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM, and Plains FM Christchurch 96.9 FM. is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.